Welcome to AIIW News. My name is Ryan, and today we have a, gr a great uh, episode for you. Let me double check. We're going over here on Twitch. I just did the whole episode, and it did not record. So I'm going to redo it here for you. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> so uh, let me double check that we're actually live. And it looks like we are actually live right now over on twitch.tv slash as it is written. That's where we're at. So my name's Ryan. This is As It Is Written News. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today we have some interesting stories to go over. Um, the first of which is going to be a uh, very good House bill. So this is the United States House of Representatives. And uh, the House, and this is from the Washington Post, written by Marianne Sotomayor and Hannah Natten, so I don't know what the rest of her last name is. So, uh, the House approves parental rights bill in largely a party-line vote. House Republicans uh, passed a bill Friday that would guarantee parents access to information about their children's public education fulfilling a midterm promise the lawmakers hope will excite their base ahead of the 2024 election. Oh, is that it? <laughs> I'll continue reading. There we go. Uh, the 30-page bill updates the 1965 Elementary and Secondary Education Act to require public schools to make certain information available online, including class curriculums, reading lists, library books, and the school's budget. Administrators also would have to notify parents of any violent acts that happen on school grounds and to collaborate with them on how best to protect their children's online data, among other measures. I think that this is a very good step in the right direction. Uh, I'm not sure if this is exactly what we would want, but it is something that I think needs to be passed. And unfortunately, it is unlikely to be uh, passed in the Senate and not probably won't be signed by the president, as those are both Democrat-run institutions, and this is a Republican bill. So uh, I'm very thankful that Kevin McCarthy uh, is following through on his campaign promises, at least the midterm campaign, um, and he is uh, going to try and protect our children. This is a story that is actually right here, uh, very close to home for me, uh, over in one of the school districts nearby, they are currently attempting to hide library reading material from parents, uh, specifically the fact that there is sexually explicit material in the elementary school libraries. It's an absolute travesty. It's evil and it's wrong. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm such a huge proponent of taking your children out of public schools, they are vile and evil institutions that exist basically only to subvert the parent and student relationship and to socialize your children into hell. Uh, I, I am probably going a little bit too mild on them, uh, but that's what I believe. And, and I firmly hold that stance. I think that it is important that every single child get taken out of those institutions and they get put into uh, essentially what are learning centers. It, it's called homeschooling, but a, a ton of education is done at the direct at the direction of parents uh, and uh, fulfilling their exact wishes at what are called learning centers, uh, where children can go and essentially have uh, a pick-and-choose style education where 
if they need an English teacher, you can find an English teacher and then they'll walk over to the next uh, classroom nearby and go to a uh, science teacher. But these are all teachers that are uh, going to be following curriculum that the parent gets to 100% approve or they can just pull their child out immediately. It's a much better system than public education, which is an absolute travesty, and even it's better than private schools, which these days are essentially just kind of diet public schools. And they really have all of the same, even the Christian ones have all the same problems that public schools have with a little bit more control for parents, but not much. And so um, I think it's an incredibly good step in the right direction uh, with this House bill. Um, I like the fact that it's only a 30-page bill. Uh, so in the past, what, what lawmakers tried to do is they passed these what are called omnibus bills, which are thousands of pages and have, it'll have something about trash trucks and the war in Iraq, right? And it will have two completely, like thousands of completely different things all shoved into the same bill so nobody knows exactly what's being passed, nobody reads it before it's passed, and it's just a complete travesty. Uh, so I'm glad that this is a shorter bill. Uh, though 30 pages is probably still more than would be necessary to accomplish the goals that it has. Um, so yeah, it, I think that it's it's good that we are attempting to reform uh, education. My personal belief is that it needs to be completely abolished. Uh, it's uh, an evil and vile travesty against the rights of the parent, um, and that your rights as a parent should be the only thing that we are concerned with. So. Uh, we're going to go look at our uh, Bible verse for this. That comes from Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. And it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And what it's saying there is that throughout your whole life, your children should be by your side, and they should be learning directly from you how you interact with the world and how they should interact with the world from you. And you should be a constant uh, 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 picture of a godly life and how that should be lived to them. And so I think currently what uh, public education does is it creates a separation between parents and children. And so instead of learning with your parents throughout the day, which is what you should be doing, you are being forced to sit down, to shut up, listen to your pagan teacher who is indoctrinating you into hell, and um, don't listen to your parents. And when you get home, instead of learning from your parents and what they're doing at home, you're supposed to continue the factory education and do busy homework. Okay? It's an absolute travesty. It's not what God intended for parents and for children. And it is something that is horribly uh, destroying our society. In the beginning, um, you know, uh, the people in this country were uh, basically all homeschooled. And then for a few things, we sent our children to go learn how to read and to write at a little, little schoolhouse and maybe do some basic math. But that wasn't going to be their whole entire day or their whole entire life. That was supposed to be a small couple hour thing, couple times a week. And then the rest of your time, you were spent helping your family out on the farm because most people farmed. Or you were learning a trade through your uh, your father, who um, uh, who was you know like a blacksmith, let's say, and you would go and learn how to 
deal with horses and shoe horses and make, you know, all those sorts of things. And so in the past, that's how you would learn and grow and, and understand the world was directly from your parents and with a little bit of instruction from the schoolhouse. And now that has been entirely flipped and turned upside down where the children spend most of their time. So you have 24 hours in a day, eight hours of it is sleeping. So then you have 16 hours left. Well, eight hours of that is spent at school being indoctrinated into hell. And then the other eight hours of that, again, is being taken up with homework and busy work that your children have to do. And that then the parents are forced to teach the, the schoolwork. So, you, so parents who, who don't want to teach you know, third grade math to their kids that right that second are being forced to sit down, relearn third grade math, and then teach that to their children rather than teach them the things that they know best and that would actually help children to live their lives in our society. How many children get out of school and complain they don't know how to do their taxes? We don't know how to balance a checkbook. We don't know uh, any of the basic things that you need to actually live a, a successful and, and easy life in this world, but we all know calculus, which most of us will never use ever again in our entire lives. It's a, it's a complete topsy-turvy educational system where we don't learn any of the practical skills that we need, but we learn all of the dumb, useless things that the school thinks we need to know. It's, a, it's an absolute travesty, and we need to be fighting against it. I think that this is a step in the right direction. Again, I don't think any children should be in public schooling whatsoever. I think that uh, if you look at movies, even from the 1950s, uh, high school was sex and drugs, and it's only gotten worse since then. So that is what I believe the cross-section of politics and Christianity is on this topic, and I, I hope that you take my uh, words uh, to heart and that you think about them and pray about them and, and come to your own understanding that God wants you to have. Uh, so here we go. We're going to move on to our second story of the day. And uh, this one is very, is making me very uh, happy. Um, I'm very happy to see that Congress is finally coming around to do something about TikTok. Uh, and so the uh, headline is TikTok faces uncertain future after five hour congressional thrashing. And this is from the Washington Post. And it's a story by Kat Zakruski and Jeff Stein. Okay, so we'll read it now. TikTok CEO Sho Chu tried to allay mounting national security concerns about the Chinese-owned video app, but encountered open hostility Thursday in his first appearance before Congress, a five-hour thrashing that underscored the popular app's precarious future in the United States. Lawmakers from both parties sought to tie Chu personally to the Chinese Communist Party frequently interrupted him and called him evasive, while he pledged to safely steward the data of American users and shield TikTok from foreign manipulation. Lawmakers from both parties criticized TikTok without evidence as a tool of China's communist government. Okay, this is such a politically biased and politically motivated article. If you can't already tell, they're using words like evasive, or sorry, they're using words like... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So without, uh, sorry, without evidence, uh, the, the app is owned by China, okay? If you want to tell me that a Chinese government-owned app is not being, it has, there's no evidence that it's a tool of China's communist government, that's insane. That's you gaslighting me, okay? What the, what the Washington Post is doing right here is they're gaslighting you. They're trying to tell you 
that an app that we know is owned by the Chinese Communist Party is not a tool of the Chinese Communist government. That's insane. That's the most insane statement I've ever read in a, in a news article. They're, they're just gaslighting you and lying to you, okay? Um, and so the, the real concern with TikTok is mainly our children, but also adults, uh, and they have the ability to push a button and cause anything that they want to to go viral, okay? And they call it their heating button. They, they have a specific term for it. Forbes talked about it in an article. You can go search that. Forbes, TikTok, and heating button will get you to the right article. And it's just an absolute travesty that we allow the Chinese Communist Party this much influence over our children and over our country. So throughout the day, I saw some of the testimony that Chu made and some of the uh, some of the TikToks and other videos that he made outside of the testimony. And he was bragging about 150 million people in the United States that use TikTok. And I'm one of them. Uh, I don't really use it for my own personal stuff. I upload uh, Christian videos to it and try to, to spread the word of the gospel and, and Jesus Christ on TikTok. So I'll use that there. I try not to use it too much personally, though it's, it is very tough not to. Um, but he was bragging about how 150 million people use it. And the only thing you should hear when he says that is there are 150 million people that are being propagandized daily by the Chinese Communist Party through this heating button. And so one of the things that, that I believe that that has caused is it's caused a rise in anxiety and depression and uh, loneliness among teens and, and young adults. And uh, in adults, I believe it has a huge effect on what we think and, and feel politically. And I think that it is essentially used to sow the seeds of our own destruction through this app. And again, apps uh, you know, on YouTube and Facebook and, and those sorts of things, they would have similar issues, but they're not directly being uh, controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Okay? And that's the difference. And so, yes, Facebook and YouTube and all of them could be doing horribly evil things, but they're at least United States citizens, and hopefully, well, they have to live here in the United States. The Chinese communists' goal is to destroy the United States. I would hope Facebook's goal isn't to destroy the United States, but to make it a place where they can make more money. That should be their, their real goal. And so that, those are two, two drastically different goals, and, and we should acknowledge that. And so giving the Chinese Communist Party the ability to essentially create in-kind uh, uh, donations to the Democrat or to Republicans to get them to, uh, to do what they want, it's insane that we're allowing this. It's, a, it's campaign finance violations, it's uh, destroying and rotting our children's brains, so it's just morally reprehensible what they do. And if you look at what types of things we see on TikTok, we see children doing sexually explicit dances and sexually explicit clothing. We see uh, people doing dumb pranks, you know, uh, doing, um, doing things that are, are dangerous and harmful to their health. Uh, we see, uh, you know, it's just it, the things that you see on TikTok here in the United States are horrible and cause the, uh, ha are causing the downfall of our society. Whereas if you look in China, the Chinese version of TikTok it, they are, they're not allowed to show those kinds of videos. It's illegal because they know how detrimental it is to their society. So in China, what you see on TikTok are people creating cool engineering devices. You see people winning 
um, spelling bees. You see people succeeding at, uh, um, at, at, at athletic events, so people winning gold medals, and, and you see things that give you hope and, and cause you to try to strive and succeed in life and feel better about your community rather than what the Chinese are doing to our nation and causing us to hate each other, to be anxious, to be depressed, and ultimately to hate our society and our uh, politicians. And so I think that the, the biggest reason why we're starting to deal with this now is, of course, because of money. I think that Google and Facebook and um, you know Twitter and, and all of the major social media and technology companies are seeing that TikTok is making billions and billions of dollars that they should be making themselves. So I think that's why we're seeing Congress act on it. But regardless of the reason why Congress is acting on it, I hope that we see it actually just completely outlawed or forced uh, it to be sold to an American company where we can regulate it and we can lobby them to, to actually try to make it a wholesome place for our children. And uh, there's a secondary story along with this that I want to read about. I think that this is a very good sign. And along the same vein, we have... Uh, Utah's governor signs laws requiring parents' consent for minors to use social media. So this is from NBC News. Uh, it was written by Ben Goggin. And what it says is, Utah Governor Spencer Cox signed two pieces of sweeping social media regulation into law Thursday that require social media companies to get parental consent for minors using their services, making Utah the first state to impose such measure measures in the U.S., Versions of the regulations are being considered in four other states and in several federal proposals in Congress. The new Utah laws, HB 311 and SB 152, so that's House Bill 311 and Senate Bill 152, and uh, they're both probably the same bill that need to be that were harmonized and then signed by the governor. Uh, and they require that social media companies verify the age of any Utah resident who makes a social media profile and get parental consent for any minor who wishes to make a profile. They also force social media companies to allow parents to access posts and messages from their child's account. The laws also prohibit social media companies from displaying ads to minors, showing minor accounts in search results, collecting information about minors, targeting or suggesting content to minors, or knowingly integrating addictive technologies into social media apps used by minors. They also impose a curfew on the use of social media for minors, locking them out of their social media accounts between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. based on the location of a user's device, unless adjusted with the consent of a parent. Yes, this is what we want to see. This is exactly right, I think. Or at the very least, it is something that we need to test. So this, this may have some First Amendment issues, and it may cause uh, certain things that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, it will likely mean that in order to sign up for social media accounts, and probably at some point in order, uh, you will be prompted to uh, take a picture of your driver's license and send that in to Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and all of the social media apps to prove that you're above 18. This is obviously going to be a First Amendment issue and will be challenged in the courts, I'm sure, on those grounds, among others. But I think that it is something that we need to try, okay? It is an absolute epidemic and problem in our children today. Bullying, anxiety, depression, uh, 
pagan practices, which we'll see in the next story. Uh, uh, you know, thoughts of of harming yourself and 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 just horrible things are being spread online on these social media apps, and they absolutely have to be reined in. We cannot keep destroying our children and destroying our future through these addictive apps. The you know, it's I, I've heard people describe it as as the modern day nicotine, and that's essentially what these social media apps are. The way that they work and the way that they cause you to feel different emotions and the way that they can control the way that you think is sick and it's twisted and it needs to be, I think we should basically just outlaw it entirely for children, uh, but at the very least, this is a step in the right direction and limiting and, and defining the parameters through which children can use it. So I think that's a step in the right direction and I, I massively applaud uh, Utah's government for signing that into law and making that the law of their land. And I hope that that spreads across the country. Uh, but I am glad that it's being tested there. So maybe if there are problems with it and it shouldn't be spread across the country, we can figure that out and stop it. So that's the that's why I'm glad it's being tested there. And, and I'm, I'm happy to follow and watch what they do, as this is probably one of the biggest issues in our society today, especially the biggest one of the biggest issues among our children in concert with the uh, horrible uh, factory schooling and indoctrination centers that we send our children to on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, so we'll move on to our final. Oh, did I read the I didn't read the Bible verse. I apologize. Let me read our Bible verse. It comes from Proverbs 18.21, and it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I think that uh, at that time, most of what you did is you would speak words. You didn't really have a whole lot of writing. It was very hard to write at the time, and most people didn't know how to do it. Um, but if you look at today, the modern forms of speech, the modern tongue, is what we see online, uh, the things that we read, the videos that we watch. And I think that a lot of us love it and we are eating the fruit of that uh, love for uh, our online uh, uh, speech. And so we need to um, be careful uh, because like it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we are seeing it being used for death in our society. So finally, this is one of the most, most disturbing uh, articles of the day or of the week. And we see from National Geographic, so it used to be that you would throw a kid a National Geographic so they could learn about Africa or Asia or China or you know some cool part of the world that they wouldn't be able to see back in the 1950s. But today, what they're doing is they're promoting paganism. And so here's the title, Paganism is on the Rise Here's where to discover its traditions. So they're actually directing you to go and become a pagan. And it's, it's sick and it's twisted. Here's the subheading. TikTok, specifically hashtag witch talk, is fueling interest in, these, in this spiritual movement. Here's how to immerse yourself in full moon rituals, spell casting, and more. And it's sick. This was written by Christine McIntyre. Uh, and it's an absolutely sick and twisted article. We need to be very wary of uh, of what's being uh, put in front of us ourselves but especially what's being put in front pushed in front of our children because this is a growing trend um centuries ago ancient and uh, sorry i'm going to read it 
centuries ago, ancient Celts traveled windy moors to worship the horned god Cernus, Cernanos. Ancient Egyptians crossed deserts to invoke the protection of Isis. Druids journeyed to a forest clearing to perform rituals under the moon. But over time, such deities faded into myth. The rituals went underground. Recently, however, a resurgence of interest in pagan practices, crystals and tarot cards, astrology and herbal magic, has brought paganism from the fringes back to the center of pop culture, or at least to the top of your TikTok feed. At least 1.5 million people in the United States identify as pagans, up from 134,000 in 2001. So this is 10 times more people in this country are pagan, though they're still less than a percentage of the population of 350 million. Thank God. But again, this is gr a growing trend on TikTok, online, on Facebook, all over the place. Pagans are popping up. And they range from Wiccans to Kemetics to TikTok witches and heathens. Okay? And, quote, There is, a, in general, a move away from organized religions and towards spirituality, says Helen Berger, an author and sociologist of contemporary paganism and witchcraft. Female empowerment and gay rights movements, the climate crisis, and a desire for a more life-affirming religion have fueled interest in the growing spiritual community, she adds. So, these are all lies. Okay? Uh, female empowerment. So if you want true female empowerment, you look to Christianity and you look at the way that uh, men and women are equal in Christ. Okay. And that's what the Bible teaches. That's, it's the most equality seeking document in the world. And, and everyone is equally uh, damned before you're, you're, uh, before you are in Christ. And once you are in Christ, we are all equal. We are all priests, male and female, everyone. But if we look at what female empowerment means in the secular world and in this pagan environment, what it means is that women should have power over men because they believe men have had power over women for so long. And so that's what female empowerment means to them. And, and I'm sure that the pagans are picking that up and taking that to a horribly horrible place. Okay. Um, we can see an increase in, in gay rights and we can understand why pagans would want to attach themselves to that, especially with what the Bible teaches about um, homosexuality and, and acting upon it, not having the feelings. You can have the feelings and the thoughts. You just shouldn't act on them. You shouldn't act on any sexual thoughts that are outside of a marriage. Uh, so, yeah, gay rights movements and then the climate crisis. How that has anything to do with it, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it has something to do with the fact that... Um, in pagans, they believe that, that human beings can do certain practices and certain rituals and have an impact, a massive impact on their environment. And so that lines up very well with the idea that we can spew coal into the air and, and destroy our environment, causing it to warm and heat up. Uh, I think that those two ideas fit in quite nicely. Uh, while I believe that it's our responsibility to keep the world in a good state and to not over-pollute it, I don't think that we have as much of a global impact as we believe. Uh, and so the climate crisis is being in incorporated into paganism and a more life-affirming religion. There is no more life-affirming religion than Christianity. And by that, what I mean is that every person who is outside of Christ is dead. They are dead in their trespasses. And the only way that you can have any kind of life is if you believe in Jesus Christ's completed work on the cross. 
that you have faith in his resurrection and that you will be resurrected someday to be with him. Okay? That's the most life affirming uh, you could possibly be. That's the only kind of life that is worth anything at all is a life that is in Christ. Outside of him, there is no life, there's only death. And so all of these things are, are horrible corruptions of, of the truth and reality, and we need to be very careful about pagan practices that are creeping into our everyday life. You know, it starts with something that people think of as kind of silly, like Ouija boards, um, and then, you know, it just, uh, it, can, it can run away from you from there. Uh, we, so we need to be very careful about what our children are seeing. We need to be very careful about what we see and what we take in as practices in our daily life. I think that there are practices like yoga that seem innocent but are based on pagan religions and, and pagan practices that we need to be careful about. Now, if you want to just do some good stretching and whatever, that's fine. But if you go to a yogi, which is a, a pagan uh, you know, practitioner, that's a problem. Okay, if you want to go to some place and stretch with some friends and somebody's leading you that isn't doing spiritual nonsense or spiritual depravity, I guess I should say, really, uh, that's, that's completely different from yoga, in my opinion. So we, we need to be careful about what we take in and what we uh, act out, okay? The things that we do, if we're acting out pagan rituals in our daily lives, is going to make that easier for us to accept them in our hearts. And so... We're going to read a couple Bible verses. This is such a huge and horrible thing to God. I, need, I can't stress it enough. And uh, so we'll see in the first one how horrible it is to God and why it's horrible to God. And then in the second one, we'll see what early Christians did in the book of Acts. Okay? And so the first verse is from Deuteronomy 12, 30 to 31. And it says, Take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them that is, pagans, after they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, quote, How did these nations serve their gods? I, will, I, will, I also will do likewise. End quote. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abomination to the Lord which he hates they have done to their gods, for they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. And Today, in our society, we, we are sacrificing the children in our, our mother's wombs to, to pagan gods. I believe that's essentially what abortion is. Um, and we do all sorts of things that are vile and detestable to God because of the pagans that we've allowed to have uh, sway over our society, especially through TikTok and through online and everything else. So that's what God thinks of about paganism and pagan practices. They are utterly detestable to him. Everything that they've done, he hates. Or I should say, let's say, um, uh, for every abomination to the Lord, which he hates, they have done to their gods. And that's what we're, we're going towards. We used to be a nation that at the very least paid lip service to Christianity. Um, and today we are just outright, uh, we're just outright rejecting it. We're outright rejecting it, and, and it's, it's sick, and it's twisted, and it's evil. Uh, so here is what God wants us to do. We find that in Acts 19, verses 18 to 19, and that says, And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who had practiced magic, or paganism, I'm adding that in paganism, 
brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That was a lot of money. Those books were incredibly valuable. Okay, it's very difficult at that time to have a copy of a book. They didn't have very many books. Not many people knew how to read and not many people knew how to write. And so uh, to have a book, you, it had to have been handwritten, copied from someone else, copied by someone else from their, from their book. And so what they could have done, and if God didn't hate it so much, they could have gone and sold all of their books for 50,000 pieces of silver and used that to fund early church, you know, uh, the early church spreading the gospel. They could have done that, but it's so detestable to God that God doesn't even want that money in his church. He wanted them to burn it because it's so evil. It would be horrible for someone else to get that book and then use it to blaspheme God. That, so, uh, uh, you know, doing God's will is, uh, better than right sacrifice. And that's what the, the Old Testament teaches us, and that's what we uh, should implement in our lives. So I, I just, I can't stress enough how horrible and evil paganism is. Uh, I've had people in my lives that uh, use crystals to try to ward off evil spirits and, and combine that with Christianity. You, you can't mix leaven into a, uh, a loaf of, uh, into dough without leavening the whole lump. And so you mix in just a little bit of paganism in with Christianity and it ruins the whole thing because now you're trusting in some crystal and not in the, the ultimate power of the universe in, in Christ himself. And so I, I hope and I pray that, that everybody watching this, but you know, even more importantly, that everybody in the country turns to God, believes in his completed work on the cross, that Jesus Christ died, he resurrected, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at his father's right hand, and that someday he's going to come back and he will rule over this planet. That is the gospel. That is how you can have, having uh, faith in that, in that Jesus Christ did that, is the only way that you can be saved from the consequences of your sin. Okay? Jesus Christ is the only person that can save you through his completed work. And I pray that everyone here listening to this accepts that. And uh, that's the episode for today that this is AIIW news my name's Ryan and I'm signing out